Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! I'm Gabe. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jamie. This is our first conversation since the uh, the bill was signed. I was like, this womp, year? Womp, womp. It might be my first one this year. <laughs> I haven't been on for a really long time. Yeah, we've we've been focusing on work, more productive work, <laughs> which is, is, is I've good. I've had a couple of things going on. Good for work, bad for podcasts. So welcome <laughs> back, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so uh, and anybody who pays attention to this knows that Senate Bill 23 gets signed into law. So I thought we'd take some time here, since we haven't discussed, to kind of give our version of events, how it happened, an explanation of the process, the steps, the impact, and moving forward. Um, so we were in House Health Committee. Yes. Um, for a long time. For a very long time. How many witnesses did we have? Like, I think it was 52 on our side that testified in person and another 80-something that submitted written testimony in the House. If you do the House and the Senate, more than 200 testimonies were submitted against this bill. Right. They came out to, like, a House and Senate some 25 hours. Yeah, something like that. Of total testimony, yeah. That's over a day. (laughs) It was a lot. It it feels like it was longer. (laughs) It does. I was talking to somebody earlier today, and we're like, and that was only like 10 days ago. And I was like, oh, my God, that was only 10 days ago. Yeah. These last couple of weeks have simultaneously flown by and dragged like nobody's business. Right. We had a a planning meeting with some partners and there was sort of some suggestion from outside groups that, hey, maybe we could try this or try that or why didn't we do this? And I said, wait a minute, everything in this legislative wrap-up is the past like 45 days. There wasn't any other time (laughs) to do anything else. No. Um, So regular, uh, especially the radio listeners got to hear... um, uh, some of the audio from speeches, which was, you know, just totally amazing. Um, you know, people who came forward, uh, women, men, the first trans man to uh, testify um, on this bill, we believe in any state. Um, really amazing testimony from physicians, experts, interested parties, um, and then uh, responses from members of the committee um, who, you know, include some very passionate elected officials. I'm so proud of all of our House Democrats that are on the House Health Committee. They are so amazing. And most of them are freshman legislators, which like, mm-hmm. even makes it more impressive to me. Yeah. Well, and for once, we actually have, like, oh, people with degrees. So they're not only just passionate legislators, they're which is awesome. They're smart as hell. But we have Beth Liston, who's a doctor, um, and then Allison Russo, whose previous job was, like, in, as a health policy expert. So, you know, two of our freshman legislators from the central Ohio area were amazing additions to the committee because they're experts on this issue and not just 
you know, as on the other side, random people who want to impose their will on other people. I think what's um, especially delightful about Beth Liston is that she's not just like any sort of doctor. She's a pediatrician. Yeah. Proving that you can dedicate your career to helping children and still be pro-choice. Yes. Well, and also she gives her the unique knack of being able to translate very specific, very technical medical knowledge into real people words because that's what she's continuously doing, you know, calming down very nervous, very scared parents when their child is sick. I think that's a very specific pediatrician (laughs) trick. And so, you know, when we had some of our doctors come and testify, she was also able to say, so you mentioned, because each of our people only had five minutes to testify. You know, most of our doctors could have spent way longer describing the medical complexities of pregnancy and everything else. So they had five minutes of testimony, but sometimes over 30 minutes of questions. (laughs) And Dr. Um, Samani was one of them. And this was one of the times Beth Liston was really amazing at her questioning because she could say, you know, Dr. Samani, you said this one tiny little piece of your testimony. Could you expand on that and tell us a little bit more about why you're concerned about that? So she was able to take this tiny little bit that she had to do in her testimony because she only had five minutes of testimony and spend another two or three minutes talking about why that one tiny little thing in her testimony was a much bigger deal and, and, you know, really go out and talk about it. So, no, I mean, our people were amazing with questions. They were amazing with the amendments that they put forward, you know, pushing back against the um, proponents of the bill when they testified. It was a really, really amazing run. It was exhausting, but... They they were there the whole time, too. I mean, they sat through every bit of testimony, were prepared, were ready to roll, and were just knocked it out of the park. I don't think we could have had a better outcome for what we did. Oh, definitely. I mean, we could have, like, theoretically not had the bill passed, but... <laughs> I mean... Knowing where it was going to go, we couldn't have done anything else. Yeah, I mean, this bill was passed before it even got introduced. It had... Right. It, had more co-sponsors than it needed to pass when it was introduced. It had the votes to pass the moment it was introduced. So the only thing we could do was put up an amazing fight, and that's exactly what our activists and our legislators and everyone did. Um, yeah, we. Uh, you talked about the amendments that we heard. We put together a video all uh, embedded in the show notes um, Representative Janine Boyd as the ranking member of the committee. It, She's it, tired. <laughs> she she has a right to be. Um, she she hustled uh, as much as anybody else in that caucus. Um, it, it took us several days. Um, and finally we were like, wait a minute. She's been saying this line about what are we going to do for pregnant women <laughs> several times. And so we cut together a two-minute compilation of her basically just asking that core mm-hmm. question. What do we do for mm-hmm. pregnant women? You can't have a baby without a pregnant woman, right? <laughs> right. You can't have a pregnancy without a pregnant woman. Just that, that question <coughs> to witnesses... Um, in, in like every emotion possible and then expounding on the importance of that, um, the threats to pregnant women, mm-hmm. um, both in terms of medical threats, but also because of increased rates of violence, yes. um, you know, in, in especially in, uh, communities of color, you know, women that are, uh, subject to domestic violence during a pregnancy, she was advocating strongly for them. Um, so, you know, amazing sets of questions, um, and, and terrific, um, you know, a a terrific job from the members of the caucus. 
not only the women, but there was a couple guys uh, mm-hmm. on the committee. Um, yes. They were uh, invested in the process, asking really great questions. Um, one of the very last questions that got asked to the last witness uh, was... Uh, the witness was representing Catholics for Choice. Yes, um, Yep, uh, Gabby. And Terrence Upchurch, um, uh, you know, said that he'd never heard somebody represent that Catholic mm-hmm. point of view and that representative Upchurch was Catholic. And that sort of gave him uh, a new way of looking at it. And then, like, the next uh, two or three Democrats who spoke on the committee for the first time, you know, discussing their faith said, well... I'm Catholic Mm -hmm. and, you know, I I have a couple kids, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, I love my family, but I don't believe that this bill is right for Ohioans. And and you talked about Dr. (laughs) Representative Liston Mm -hmm. trained at Notre Dame. (laughs) She's Catholic. (laughs) That's pretty Catholic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you know, it, it was, it was kind of interesting to hear not only Mm -hmm. questions based in reason, um, but also, you know, pro-choice questions of, you know, of faith challenging the bill. Um, and then I was just the, the discussion over, uh, representative Upchurch, uh, at the bar later, (laughs) our friend Jordan thinks he's dreamy. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of Catholicism, happy ask an atheist day, (laughs) by the way. Nice. What should I ask an atheist? Anyway, so yeah, so um, they were amazing and fabulous. Our activists were amazing and fabulous. We actually had three people testify against the chairman's wishes uh, the last time because he he didn't (laughs) want that to happen. It always, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I can't say that it surprises me, but it's always so interesting to watch how grumpy they are when they're getting their way. For real. Right. Like, the day they voted out the bill, Marin, like, put a link to the committee hearing, because from the very beginning, he was a grump, as we used to call it when I was a kid, a grumpopotamus. Like, he was just so grumpy and angry, and he yelled at me because he was saying there wasn't anyone else that had submitted testimony and like Gabby had submitted it. It was on the website on the website, like as testimony. And he was arguing, you know, he didn't like, he did. You got told to sit down, ma'am. I got to tell him to sit down, ma'am. And I wasn't even standing up. So obviously he was like really, really just rip roaring to go. And like, he shut down Janine Boyd that day. He shut down everybody that day. And I'm like, you are getting your way. I'm sorry that people are pushing back, right. but if anyone needs to sit down and shut up, it's you, dude. No like, one respects me. You're right, Marin. They don't. Yeah, no. At one point, somebody said that we needed to respect the process, and I was like, "Your process will be respected when my bodily autonomy is being respected, and that ain't happening today." So, nope, no respect for you. Right. I mean, I don't think he respected the process at any point. <laughs> like, oh heck no. I mean, between having like usually like at least in the Senate, like there's a day of proponent testimony mm. and a day of opponent testimony. And there's interested party. Yes. It was just all mixed up. So we were just all together having to deal with each other the whole time. Oh, no. The proponents got their own day. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. So, yeah. He didn't respect the process at any point in time. He just did all that crap so that he could go to the floor and say, I held this many hearings and we did testimony for this long. Right. None of that was at any point in time I'll, respectful. I mean, I, I mean on, the, on the Senate side, I know that... Chairman Burke is like going to vote for this bill, mm-hmm. but he at least like maintains like a facade of impartiality. Mm-hmm. 
Marin's just like, no, I'm going to defend the bill for like 20 minutes on the day that we're going to vote on it. And it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, I think it's unprofessional. Well, and then his whole, you know, Janine Boyd's amendments were, you know, ungermane. ungermane to the bill or were, you know, not submitted to committee 24 hours in advance. That's not actually a rule anymore. It used to be a rule, but they got rid of that rule this year. So you can't say that somebody's Republicans not. Republicans got rid of the rule. Yeah. When they elected householder, the rules changed and we got rid of that rule. So, like, dude, can you get off your white supremacy patriarchy for half a second and stop enforcing rules that you make up at the last minute to shut down black women? Did, like, Didn't Janine Boyd also point out that, like, something that about the bill had changed less than 24 hours despite on their side as well? Oh, the whole substitute bill that they had put in the week, the week before, nobody saw until three minutes before the hearing. What? And then, they, and then they didn't even explain the differences before they voted on it. So they had these wholesale changes to the bill that everybody just voted yes or no based on party lines, party lines. Right. You know, so if you're going to tell people to respect the process and then chastise people for not following made up rules that you're making up on the fly, then maybe you should follow your made up made on the fly rules too. Like it was so over Marin by the end of that. Yeah. I I think another part of the process um, is that, Republicans uh, and the entire General Assembly, but the Republican leadership right now, they just got done with a transportation budget that passed a major gas tax that got an enormous amount of scrutiny. Mm -hmm. They're in the middle of the state operating budget process. This is not something that, I mean, there's never a good time to pass an abortion (laughs) ban. It should never be done. But this was not the correct time for them to take on such a massive undertaking of all of these hearings when all of the other functions of the state of Ohio, the state operating budget, the transportation budget, these are why we have state legislators. And that was the job that they should have been doing. And so this was, you know, a distraction. I think Um, one of the legislators on the floor said that as much. mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they missed the transportation deadline, transportation budget deadline. It had to be passed by March 30th, and they passed it the next week. They missed the deadline so that ODOT has the funding they need as of July 1st because they were spending all their freaking time on this. Right. And now they're behind on the operating budget, too. They were supposed to put out a substitute bill and have full hearings in the full finance committee next week on the budget, and they just announced that that's not happening. So now we're behind on the regular operating budget, too. Right. But we needed to pass this six-week ban. (laughs) That was our top priority, not funding our schools, funding our roads, funding our bridges. None of that is a priority. Very important. Um, Okay, so the bill did pass out of committee. (coughs) Um, uh, That was a party line vote. Yes. Largely due to the fact that the people who are on that committee were selected because they're going to vote along party lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bill went to the floor um, where there was uh, several hours of discussion um, there was uh, seven amendments offered by Democrats, mm-hmm. and so I've got them listed out here. Um, so if I tick them off, you want to explain them? The first cool. one was Janine Boyd. Uh, Representative Boyd had a uh, an amendment to add exceptions for rape or incest. Yeah, I mean, basically it's just that, an exception for the victims of rape or incest to the bill because it doesn't have one. Republicans rejected. Yes. Um, Representative Stephanie House of Cleveland uh, had an amendment to exempt black women from this bill that is written by white people. Yes. Well, and also just goes back to the 
never ending historical treatment of black women in this country, um, having their reproductive reproduction controlled by white people from the moment they were brought here on slave ships, they didn't have control over their own reproductive health and their choice to have or not to have children. So based on the continuous control of black women's reproduction, representative house and on the floor of the house voted to exempt black women so that black women could continue to control their own reproductive health. Uh, Representative Tavia Golonsky of Akron had an amendment to uh, remove the statute of limitations for rape and also uh, eliminate the spousal rape exception. Yeah, so a couple of years ago we extended the um, statute of limitations for rape but didn't completely eliminate it. So now if you don't get a case going um, forward fast enough, um, which is a big deal now that we've tested the rape kits that Strickland started, Mike DeWine. Um, <laughs> I mean, and um, and it wasn't all him as attorney general, but whatever. And... Um, <laughs> And we're testing some of these kits that are are fairly old. A lot of these cases are running right up against the statute of limitations and can't be prosecuted. So eliminating that would allow that prosecution to happen. And also in Ohio, it is still legal to rape your wife if she is if she is incapacitated. So she is unconscious, drunk, under the influence of drugs. You can legally rape your wife. So that uh, that amendment would have gotten rid of that spousal spousal rape exception. Right. And we should note that Representative uh, Boggs has a bill yes. to do just that, and we would hope that that bill would move forward. It's um, also been introduced in the past by, um, it was Greta Johnson, but I can't remember who else was on it with her. Um, Better maybe? Yeah, it might have been. So, I mean, this is not the first session. I feel like this has gone back several sessions as well, and has been routinely, time and time again, ignored or rejected by Republicans. Right. Um, Representative Michelle Lepore Hagen of Youngstown uh, had uh, one that was kind of referred to as the men too, um, <laughs> to add uh, medically unnecessary but burdensome uh, testing and tissue donation, uh, all sorts of requirements. Can you expand upon that? Yeah, I think the biggest piece of that, <laughs> and actually it was funny, one of the lawyers that is going to challenge the case actually brought this up in a New York Times article that we will link in the show notes as well, is that when you start to make the argument that viability goes all the way back to a heartbeat rather than, well, actually a cardiac flutter because there is no heart at six weeks, um, so there's no heart to beat at six weeks in development. Um but not viability as it actually stands now, which is the ability for the fetus to survive outside of the woman's body. Um, you are making it akin to, I need a kidney. Gabe, you have a kidney that matches me. I'm going to die if I don't get a kidney. So you are legally required to give me your kidney. You only need one anyway. Give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> So that um, so Michelle Laporte Hagen, you know, is, was more comprehensive. But the the crux of, crux of it was that that you know in in these cases where somebody needed an organ and a living donor could work, people were legally compelled to do that because this bill is legally compelling a woman to carry a pregnancy to term that she did not want to carry to term. Uh, Representative Allison Russo, uh, who's a freshman. Yes. Um, from Western Franklin County, mm-hmm. uh, had a bill to add paid leave. 
Yeah, because right now in Ohio, you can get fired if you don't return to your job quick enough if you don't have paid time off. So you've got a bill that's requiring people to continue pregnancies against their will. And then when they go to deliver said baby, if they don't return to work quick enough, will lose their job. So, you know, at a minimum, we should probably make sure that those people shouldn't lose their job when they have the baby the state forced them to have. But <laughs> nope, re- re- Republicans rejected that one, too. Right. Um, Representative Dr. (laughs) Beth Liston um, uh, of the Dublin area um, had a bill to uh, increase Medicaid coverage. Um, The doctor thinks that people should have health care. What? Again, like when you're going to force somebody to continue a pregnancy against their will, the state should make sure that their health care is covered. Shocker. But again... Republicans rejected. If you're going to force them to have babies, let let, at least give them the opportunity to have healthy babies. Nah. They'll pull themselves up by their bootstraps. That's not how babies work. (laughs) 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 But I think it's also interesting. So one of the rules that they changed this year was in committee, they're not allowed to table amendments anymore. They actually have to vote on them, which caused actually quite a bit of confusion in committee because Republicans are almost universally like programmed to vote yes when a Democrat introduces an amendment, because the vote is always to table the amendment, not actually on the amendment. So like Antani once actually in committee got caught and voted yes for something he didn't mean to. Changed his vote. <coughs> oh, okay. Um, so, um, I thought he actually did vote yes on one. He did vote yes on one, but he accidentally voted yes on another one. Okay, yeah. And then, so, but on the floor, they can still table it. And so that's really the wussy way out. It's a, like an excuse. Well, I didn't really vote against the amendment. I just voted to table it. Table it means to, to put it down, to literally like, no, 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 no. Put nah. that down on the table. Yeah, put that down on the table. We don't want to deal with it anymore. Right. So, so yeah. So Anyone else want to fight Bill Sites? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also do think it's a little interesting that they always pick one person to table it. There's always, like, even in the budget, when there's like 75 amendments, it will be Bill Sites every single time standing up and saying, I move to lay the amendment on the table. I don't know why they picked just the one dude to do that, but then it's almost always Bill Sites. That's weird. Uh-huh. Um, so the last Democratic <laughs> amendment uh, and the only guy uh, to offer amendments came from Representative Richard Brown of Canal, Canal Winchester. Winchester. Um, who said, hey, this is blatantly unconstitutional. Taxpayer dollars should not be spent for it. Um, we can't use tax dollars. And under his amendment, it would say that we can't use tax dollars to pay. Yes. Uh, to to fight the this bill. bill. Mm-hmm. So. And again, rejected. Because, right. you know, the fiscal re- fiscally responsible, say that five times fast, people want to waste our tax dollars on another. Because we're already in court on four... One, two, three, four different federal lawsuits already. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Right. <coughs> and, um, we, and we can't even track how much, like, no. hours because they don't do that at the Attorney General's office. It's too hard. Right. <laughs> so as all of the debate was going on, these amendments were being offered. We were sitting in the gallery watching the proceedings. About to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Telling Kelly to take deep breaths. Out in the lobby. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. The entire time. For, like, yeah, all three, three hours. hours. It yes. was incredible. It was amazing. Chanting. Just solid chanting. We'll put the video to this one uh, mm-hmm. in the show notes. Um, just 
you know, pro-choice Ohioans, the, you know, the crew from Urge turned out people mm-hmm. and it was, I was just thrilled to see. Planned Parenthood uh, got buses from Southwest Ohio and Northeast mm-hmm. Ohio. So just Planned Parenthood folks mm-hmm. and, and Elena and her faith leader. Oh, oh my God. Elena. We're amazing. <laughs> We've she's had, not on the podcast today talking about this because she still has no voice from then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we've had uh, Reverend Terry Williams as a guest on the podcast before. Um, and then uh, one of the rabbis. Jessica um, Schimberg. Yeah, Jessica Schimberg. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we had, uh, and, and, and Gabby from Catholics mm-hmm. for Choices out there. So you had a Catholic, a Protestant, and a rabbi leading the cheers <laughs> For reproductive rights, uh, the Planned Parenthood uh, folks, the Urge folks, the entire mm-hmm. group out there in the lobby. Lots of my Dayton babies. F- for three solid hours. It was and, incredible. I don't know how they did it. Well, and people said, I mean, we could hear it inside the chamber, but we were just inside the door, you know, like, but the senators who are like all the way across the building, yeah. like through the rotunda on the other side, said that they could hear it inside their chamber as they were going. Somebody even said, because they had to leave, that they could hear it outside on oh, that side of the so building. Cool. <laughs> it was that loud. So, so yeah, I mean, they really, and I really do think that, you know, this was a hard day for everyone, but especially our members on the floor because they fought so hard. I mean, Janine Boyd, like, put all of her energy and her effort into fighting this. And so many other legislators did too, that like, this was a really hard day for them. And I know because I've talked to several of them since now, since then, but like hearing those voices, pushing them and keeping them, gave them the energy they needed to follow through and do what they needed to do and have the passion and the energy that they did on the floor of the house that day. Like they were, they were being uplifted by those voices out in the hall. Representative Erica Crowley and Representative Lisa Sobecki, both... uh, Both freshmen, one Columbus, one Toledo. uh, Yes, um, both uh, revealed to many members of the House uh, their experience having been raped Mm -hmm. and, you know, telling how this bill would be, uh, you know, a cruel punishment for women who are survivors of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Representative Allison Russo revealed that her great-grandmother died from an attempted, you know, home abortion <laughs> and was discovered by her grandfather mm-hmm. when he was a, a child. Yeah. You know, generations of just traumatic history that this bill threatens to uh, kick Ohioans back to. Yeah. Um, amazing testimony. Uh, and then they called the vote. And as they proceeded to vote, <laughs> there was a voice from the gallery. It's me. <laughs> I'm real loud. You were amazing. All those years of theater really paid off. <laughs> it was funny because we had, we had a key phrase because they always say the house shall prepare and proceed to vote. And, and that happened lots of times. And then the, usually the chair would recognize somebody to speak. But then they finally said the clerk would call the roll. And they're like, <laughs> oh, damn, it's time to go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we did it, <laughs> and we dropped a banner on both sides of the gallery. 
massive banners, tons of yelling. Everybody got their cue from Kelly Freeman. Yes. Did an amazing job. And you could even hear me on the Ohio channel for like four <laughs> seconds. Second. Yeah, before they shut that music on. <laughs> but now, and so, you know, we had a group of folks on either side doing the banner drop. We had amazing folks because we purposely put them all the way down on the end, so they were the furthest away from the sergeant at arms. Bless our men. <laughs> and, and so we had dudes on both sides who, you know, feigned care, ignorance, feigned ignorance, or had to tie their shoe, or oh, sorry, I'm taking up this aisle. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't get past me. Kerouac was one of them. He was fabulous. Um, but yeah, one of the pictures, he's just like, really? What, <laughs> What's what, what do you want? It was one of the best things ever. But yeah, I mean. It was it was it was pretty spectacular. I mean, yeah, and it's funny because I'm so happy we managed to pull it off. <laughs> it was so much like so much planning and work. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it was pulled off darned fabulously and flawlessly. Like, right. Even the banner was upside down initially, and you guys got that sucker turned before it was completely unfurled. Like the <laughs> ballet preciseness of that was hashtag turn the banner. Yeah, stop Teamwork. the bands, turn the banner. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. Uh, somehow, all the reporters knew exactly where to look at exactly the right moment. <laughs> huh, so how did amazing that pictures. works? <laughs> so uh, yeah, the. Uh, <coughs> The vote is uh, almost impossible to hear on the video um, because it was covered up by the voices of Ohioans who opposed this bill. Um, they passed it not along party lines. Mm-mm. There were Republicans Four. who uh, chose not to support the bill, um, just as there were over in the Senate. Mm-hmm. This thing does not have unanimous support amongst the entire Republican caucus. It's four Republicans in both chambers. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Right. Like Bipartisan opposition to Mom, this. <laughs> Mom and son. Yes. <laughs> the Mannings. Um, and uh, uh, then the next day, uh, it, it feels like it was longer, but it was it was 24 hours. The bill... Not even, yeah. Um, yeah. Arrived... Ironic. Yeah. With the 24 hour, yeah, waiting, a 24 period. hour waiting period for abortion in the state of Ohio, but it took less than that for DeWine to sign it. So right. he's like, I've made up my mind. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> Ironic point. Uh-huh. Um, Listen, you stack <laughs> Bibles in a suit. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting too. And I think it's really important for our folks to know as we move forward politically. Yeah. DeWine signed it. But standing right next to him with his toddler daughter in his arms. So as he was taking away his rights, John Husted, lieutenant governor, who will be running for governor when DeWine is done, was standing right there cheering him on. So this is, you know, there is no cover for that man as he continues his political legacy. He, you know, this is just as much John Husted's signature as it was DeWine's on that. Right. That took 500 years because he had 30 different pens. (laughs) They weren't even nice pens. Well, and and the funny thing was his staff hates him. His staff must hate him because when you set that stuff up, you click the pen. So all he has to do is pick it up and go. They didn't click one of those pens. Whoever (laughs) set it up did not click the pen. So like he had to, you know, 30 pens with his signature. He wrote like a part of a letter with a pen and then switch. So like every time he picked up a pen, he had to like, click it because grandpa doesn't know how to work, make pens work. Be even funny if it still had like the pen condom on it too. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was 
frustrating to watch in general, but like there were just those moments where you're like, what? Uh, this is total inside baseball. <laughs> uh, it, like a dozen people care, but uh, the person who started all of this, <laughs> Janet Folger Porter, was disinvited. Disinvited. Not even not invited. She was disinvited from the bill signing. Which... There's a beautiful article about it that Gabe will put in the show notes. Yes. Yes. The AP covered it. Uh, our boss has a, a great quote about... <laughs> if you're, you know, yeah, if you're a woman who is surrounded by men trying to take away women's bodily autonomy, you shouldn't be surprised when you're booted out. Like, mm, right. fair point. Um, yeah. So, uh, the bill, uh, has gone, uh, it's, it's been enacted or, or it's, it's into law, Yes, but it's not yet enacted. Yes. Right? So it takes 90 days to go into effect. Yes. It's effective date is 90 days from the day it's actually registered at the secretary of state's office. So that probably happened Friday or maybe even Monday. If you go on, we'll put a link to the legislature website so you can see what the actual date is because I post it there now. Okay. But um, so it'll be 90 days from then. But uh, so, so right now, clinics are open yes. because this law is not in effect. Yes. There is no six week ban in effect in Ohio. So all the clinics are open, they're operating as normal. Get the health care you need where you can where you need to get it. Okay. And the ACLU of Ohio, along with plaintiffs, which are some of our uh, friends Next. who operate clinics, yep. um, announced they are filing a lawsuit. That yes. lawsuit has not yet been filed, right? No. Um, and, I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's any strategy to reveal here, but the more of these 90 days we take up, the slower, you know, the process moves along. So um, so it, it might not be until day, I don't know, 75? No, it'll be before that so we don't end up, because we need an injunction to block it from going into effect, and sometimes those don't happen right away. Like the D&E ban, when we almost, like, we didn't get a block of that one until like 8.30 the night before it was going into effect the next day. So okay. I don't think we're going to, I don't think they're going to wait on this one. I think they're going to, I think we're going to see it sooner rather than later. But the fact that we haven't seen it yet <coughs> doesn't have sign. any, no. yeah, it's just, you know, we're, we're in this 90 day window. We have some time. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a judge will put, we, we, we feel very confident that a judge will put a hold on the law while the court process is moving forward. That happens yes. just like everywhere with everything. It's always happened with all of our, uh, challenges to abortion bans. They just say, hold on. Don't yeah, it's happened in the place. other, it's, it's been in court in four other states and all four of those states have gotten what they call a temporary injunction to block it from going into effect. Right. And in every place that this has been challenged, the federal courts have always said, hey, wait a minute, you know, row, duh. Um, yes. That's pretty much been the ruling, just with mm-hmm. more words, row, duh. Um, <laughs> we think that that is the most likely outcome for the first... The first round, yes. Yeah. Um, but It gets, gets scarier after that, though. Right. Um, so even though, uh, even though the people who say, oh, the courts will stop this... For the first minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's correct. We need to uh, continue uh, to advocate against these sort of restrictions, against all abortion mm-hmm. restrictions, to demonstrate not necessarily on a court hearing, testify over five minutes, yeah. uh, answer the, you know, the representative's questions level. <coughs> we need to have people have a discussion about the impact of abortion access on a cultural level. Yeah. 
And so that's why it's important that the work of this office and everybody else who's working on this across the state continue, even though the bill was signed. Yes. Because, I mean, there's still stuff going on in the legislature. Right? So, you know, beyond what's going to happen Senate in the court. Yeah. House so, Bill 158. 182. 182, some number. House yeah. Bill 90. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of work still to be done. There's plenty of, you know, there's going to be time. But, yeah, I mean, we've, the first level of court we will, you know, probably win at. Um, but everyone needs to remember that it was the Sixth Circuit that caused the Obergefell case to go to the Supreme Court. It was the Sixth Circuit as the only circuit court that said, yeah, it's totally fine to tell gay people they can't get married. Right. And that's what we're in. And since then, Trump has appointed four new judges to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. So we were that court that back then said, yeah, it's totally fine to, you know, stop gay people from getting married. And now we have four Trump appointees on the court replacing older judges. So, uh, you know, from all folks who know these kinds of things, it's, it's gotten more conservative since then. I mean, it's historically been one of the <coughs> most conservative yes. district courts. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia also has this near total abortion ban that mm-hmm. is going to their governor's desk. Do you guys know why it has such a later time of effect? Like theirs wouldn't go into effect until like July of next year. Yeah, I don't know if that's just how. I don't know if that's how Georgia just works, or they picked because you can like pick an effective date beyond. Huh. Like they could have said the effective date is X. Weird. Um, in ours too, it's just Ohio law says if it's not a monetary appropriation, huh. because a monetary appropriation goes into effect in twenty four hours. <coughs> But if it's not a monetary appropriation, that it has ninety days. So I'm not. Can they otherwise specify a date? Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. They could, but interesting. They usually don't. Or they could also pass it as an emergency measure, which is actually what happened in Kentucky, and why Kentucky had to immediately file a court case is that Kentucky keeps passing these abortion bans as what they call emergency measures. So they pass. It's usually by a two thirds or a three fifth majority, depending on the state's rules. Ohio couldn't pass this as an emergency. No, we didn't have the vote. Yeah. So we couldn't have passed it that way. We just had the simple majority, but if they pass it by a bigger majority, they can, it can go into effect immediately upon signing. You need congressional approval when you don't have the votes. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, um, (laughs) So, uh, in addition to speaking out, we've also heard from newspapers. Uh, we've won editorials uh, <coughs> against this abortion ban. Of course, these all came after the vote. But yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, Akron Beacon Journal, uh, Columbus Dispatch, Toledo Blade, who, you know, this is the, the first time in a while mm-hmm. we've yeah. gotten support from them. Uh, Cincinnati Inquirer, the Youngstown Vindicator, and just <laughs> yesterday, the LA Times. They don't, uh, they're not here. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you know, that, that conservative uh, rag, <laughs> Los Angeles Times. Um, you know, Maybe they are for California standards. Who knows? Uh, newspaper uh, editorial boards are saying, hey, this is bad mm-hmm. policy. Uh, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we do know that we're, we're getting support on that level. Um, far more important, though, is, you know, the people who have the conversation yes. with their neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, the person across the fence, uh, literally backyard fence. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk to people, talk to them about why, what's going on. I mean, 
people now aren't watching the news. They aren't reading the newspaper. They're getting their news from Twitter and Facebook. And so often that's just an echo chamber of who you're looking at. So make sure the folks around you know what's happening and know what kind of attacks are happening and know who's responsible for it. Not only your state legislator here, but also, you know, the change in the court. And this would never have passed. Ohio Right to Life would not have changed their position on it if the courts hadn't changed under Trump. So, you know, a politicians at all levels are responsible for this and they need to vote their, their values next time. Right. Um, <coughs> okay. So we're going to keep working. Uh, Kelly, uh, there's events going on. Uh, for Usually. Folks. Yes. Uh, this is, this is, um, uh, bowlathon season. So it is. Uh, I'm kicking ass. <laughs> How's your bowling team? Uh, my bowling team's fine. I'm kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Luckily, I think that's one of the cuss words you're allowed to say on the radio. Yes. Sure. Because uh, it, it's ass, a donkey. Ass, damn, hell. Those are your three. <laughs> so you're... Uh, Hello, radio listeners. <laughs> so you're beating your own team. Oh, yeah. Do you know what team means? That There's no I <laughs> in team. But there's a me! <laughs> <laughs> I I grew up very competitively, and it turns out I still very much have that spirit. <laughs> I would though like to point out that yes, you are kicking ass. Um, but like women have options oh, in general sure. is kicking ass because they before the match we were right behind New York State our New York Access Abortion Fund, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, one of the biggest funds in the country, and also like in a state that actually has wealth. Yeah, lots not. of wealth. Right. Um, and now that the matches come through, we are the top performing abortion fund in the country, and have, have more than double, more than doubled the goal. The goal was sixty thousand, and you're like one hundred and thirty-two thousand. I think something we're at like, like one hundred and forty now. Yeah, I mean, if there is a light at the end of the very long tunnel that was the last couple of weeks, it is that Ohio has shown up on this and has raised some amazing money and put some amazing effort into making sure that people will still have access to abortion in Ohio. I've been to Dayton three times in the last two weeks and (coughs) each time each event has performed better than any event I've done in Dayton. (laughs) And it's amazing. Right. All these new faces that I don't know, they want to be my friend. And I'm like, good, because you'll I'll be seeing yes. a lot of you. Don't worry. <laughs> we need your help. Okay. Stay tuned. So Kelly's gonna be raising money for the Bolathon. Uh other events are always listed. And Hannah's raising money for preterms too. Yes. And Kristen, Hattie, and all of our fabulous Toledo folks are raising money for the Aggie Fund in Toledo too. So I might all the funds. I might don't I might raise money for Aggie Fund next year. <laughs> they they can use my support because <laughs> I'm aggressive. <laughs> Okay. Uh, information on upcoming events is always uh, available on our Facebook page. Yep. Yeah. Otherwise, catch me at the American Atheist Conference tabling this weekend, I guess. Nice. Woohoo. Okay. Happy and Easter. <laughs> we'll talk to everybody later. Bye.